Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 266 of Dude and the Monkey. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... I'll go first. Becky, hi everyone. <laughs> uh, Ian. Uh, Ian, hello. Hi. Uh, and we, we will be joined by, by Noel soon once he uh, sorts out Skype issues, uh, because obviously it's a comic book movie, so it, 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 we need to have our comic book correspondent on the show um, to talk us through the deep and tangled bits of this and to find out whether or not this is another one of those films that he hates. <laughs> so are we ruling out the fact that he might just be nothing? Not yet. No, no I am, because he messaged me like five minutes ago uh, oh, saying that he was downloading Skype. Uh, so, yeah, so we have a review of Ant-Man and the, the Wasp. Um, we also have to, we can reveal the winner of the first retro review poll. Well, that's second, it's quite bad, mate. Was Red Sonja. We were going to cover it this week, uh, but it's not actually available on any streaming services or iTunes. Uh, so we've had to put it back to next week while we uh, both okay, copy. obtain copies of it. So, but then again, you know, we've got a guest on. I think we've got, we've got some stuff, other stuff to talk about. There's, that, there's, so. there's like too much to talk about and rest <laughs> on a, this week. Yeah. Um, the idea with the retro review thing is we're going to kind of pare down a little bit what we've been watching. We're still going to talk about it. But for instance, I today one of the films that I've got I don't, we don't need to go into too much detail on all of the films because some of them are repeat watches and things like that yeah. uh, but there is some news bits that we'll, we'll get into um, there's not that many trailers I don't think so we'll, we can get to those can, at some point can I, can I ask Noel a question to start things off yes you should go for it hey, Noel, Hello, Noel can you hear me okay hey so with the academy announcing some stuff today What's your best unpopular film of the year so far? Best unpopular film of the year so far. So they're saying uh, that there's oh. going to be an achievement in popular <laughs> film. So what what yeah. would win the the achievement in unpopular film for you? Uh, well, uh, that would have to be the, the Last Jedi, um, and the reason <laughs> would be it's it's hugely unpopular. And its achievement was it made me give a fuck about Star Wars. Yeah, you love so, Star Wars. So there you go. I'm, yeah, I'm all for it now. All for it. <laughs> it is a very odd... Uh, so, it, it, yeah. Um, do you want to explain, Ian, what's, what's the, the Oscars yeah. have, uh, have yeah. announced then? Yeah, so the Academy announced a few things today. Um, which, yeah. So... The, the show is now going to be under three hours as opposed to around four hours. And you might be thinking, well, OK, cool. So what are they going to do then? They're going to are they going to cut out the, the shit like storming that a wrinkle in time screening with a bunch of celebrities going in and buying everybody hot dogs or whatever the fuck that was that took 20 yeah, yeah. minutes? Um, no, no. What they're going to do is the less important awards they're going to do during commercial breaks and then just like tell, tell you fucking one at the end. Oh, that's terrible. Great. Yeah. It's, yeah. So that literally will be, what will it be? That'll be sound design. Oh, technical ones. It'll be it, literally, it will, will they already do a lot of technical ones like yeah. in another place at another time. And now they're going to do more of the technical ones away from it all. I don't agree with that. That's the only place those kind of people get recognition. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty rude. That it's pretty yeah. rude. Yeah, exactly. And it's a, that is a fucking piss take. 
Like I, 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 because you know the, they do that with the Baftas with the BBC. They just fucking stick them at the end because of the yeah. stupid delayed coverage they do. And I still don't understand. If you want to do an edited thing for BBC One, cool. Just stick the whole fucking thing on BBC Four. Yeah, or right. iPlayer. Or iPlayer, even for God's sake. I mean, it's retarded. And and you got this thing, but then also as well as all this, there's now going to be an award for the achievement in popular film. That's so ambiguous. It is untrue. Yeah. yeah. Made the most money, aren't it? Yeah, but it can't be whatever's made the most money. What happens if whatever's made that? If you're the thing is, if it's if it's that every year, then it just becomes the thing that made the most money award. Like that's a, it's ridiculous. Why have such an ambiguous title? It's clearly they intended to have an ambiguous title so they could throw an award at whatever it is that they want to throw a fucking award at that year for, for some random reason, like Black Panther. You yeah. know, uh, let's pat Black Panther on the back because, you know, uh, we hate racism, don't we? Yes, we do. Let's pat Black Panther on the back. We've not got a real reason to pat it on the back because we don't think it's a film worthy of worthy enough of an actual award. So let's just make up some fucking random award that applies to films like Black Panther when we need to pat ourselves on the back of it. it it's, it's ridiculous. Well, that's no, it. Yeah. it, it is it going to be based on categories, a category, or is it, are there going to be nominees for it, or is it literally going to be like the like an honourable mention thing? I mean, th- this is the thing. So, listening to like Oscar bloody podcasts, like I do, the fact is, Black Panther was a shoe in for a Best Picture nomination this year, absolute shoe in. And to be fair, it would probably be in the conversation for winning because it's in the zeitgeist. You know, I mean, like, if Get Out was in the fucking zeitgeist, hang on, we've got a film, you know, like Get Out in representation, but it made money. You know, the Oscars would be all over that. And and now, instead of that, it probably won't get a Best Picture nomination. It will win the Best Popular Film, and forever it will be... The film that didn't get the serious nomination, but won the best film shit munchers like. But isn't it? Isn't that? Isn't that coming in in 2020? Or is it coming no, in it's, next the, it's, the, it's this. It's this coming one. Fucking hell! So but can I just clarify? Uh, I don't know if I don't know if anybody knows or not. If if there is an answer to this, but the, the way they where they're saying best achievement in is that is that. Do we have to recognise a particular achievement for a, a for, a, or is it just saying best? Is it just a different way of saying best popular film? It's a way of them rewarding comic book movies because comic book movies, comic book movies can't get best picture, and they're always the popular films. That, it does sound a little bit like that. Do, do you, oh, it's ridiculous. Does, does the film have to have made over a certain amount of money to count as a popular film? It, it's got to be that. I mean, it's what is it going to be that, or is it going to be like it got over ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes? I can imagine something where they I can imagine a situation where they go you know they wheel out one particular popular film every year and a little bit like the you know uh, the Lifetime Achievement Awards and stuff like that somebody comes on stage and explains why this particular popular film has achieved something or other whether it's breaking down boundaries in race or you know introducing the first black lead superhero character or something like that see that's that's how i read it but actually if it's just 
best popular film, then why shouldn't... I mean, what is the criteria here? Surely, if, if, if they can nominate up to 10 films now and something deserves a best popular film, then why doesn't it deserve a best film? Why is it in a different category well, just because it's popular? Well, the, the thing is, I mean, the reason why they expanded it from five nominees was, I think, that the, the first year was 2009, and it was because The Dark Knight and yeah. Wally, I think I want to say, didn't get Best Picture nominations, but particularly The Dark Knight. And people were basically saying, right, the only way we're going to get the films that people go to see and so will actually watch the Oscars for to get these things is to expand it out. And all that happened there was more films that would generally get Oscar attention got included in that pile. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, The Dark Knight, to be fair, let's call it what it is. The Dark Knight was a fucking aberration because it was a comic book film directed by a serious filmmaker, which took the genre and turned it into something else. And I, I think, I, I mean, I, I, I think that the, the Oscar worthiness of Black Panther can be discussed. Um, but I don't think there's been a single comic book film since the dark Knight That's quite had that thing. Well, that has pushed Knight, it over that particular edge. The Dark yeah. Knight would be, was, and, and bear in mind, I'm not trying to diminish comic movies or anything like that. So they're not proper movies or anything like that. The Dark Knight was a, was a crime movie that happened to feature comic book characters. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Is what I would say. The comic book element of it was the, or, or the graphic novel element or anything like that was essentially was the starting point and then they built everything else around around that whereas things like it's a movie about a psychopath that happens to have batman in it yeah whereas whereas black panther is it, it, it to just using that because we're using that as, a, as, a, as an example within this this discussion is it is a full-blown corporate movie mm. there's no one's a better medium than the other no one's a better genre or anything like that but they are quite different but then like you say there, there are merits to, to an idea for instance there's an idea that you know um Last year, I thought Civil War was a fantastic movie. Not just a fantastic comic book movie. It was a fantastic movie. Mm. And yet, it, it does seem a little bit like, no matter how good any of these movies are going to get, and we're going to say the Marvel movies, and we'll throw in DC just to throw them a bone and to acknowledge that no love Justice League. Um, with those, it's like, no matter how good they are, no matter how nine and a half, ten out of ten, hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes they are, they're never going to get nominated for a Best Picture because they're a comic book movie. Their their rate of currency isn't to get nominated for awards or anything like that. It's to make a shitload of money, and that's the bit that's a little bit wrong. But then to throw in this new category where, as we said, they've left it very ambiguous in the way that what they're going to do. And they'll probably give it to Black Panther and say that it's to reward, like you say, diversity in cinema or to bring blah, 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 blah. And they'll come it, up with some it, kind it of It may reasoning. as well be called the Black Panther Award for being Black Panther. It's yeah. so fucking ah. brazen. And I mean, like, I... I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying Black Panther doesn't deserve attention, but it's just it's so obviously because of Black Panther. 
that yeah. I I can't I just it's it's fucking just, fascinating. I mean, what the fuck it, else is going to get nominated? They just nominate it. Infinity War. It, it, the thing, oh, it, there's God. ten. It, there's ten out there films. There's the one that you look at and you can go, do you know what? We don't have to nominate that Tom Hanks movie this year, so we'll just fucking throw in Black Panther. Or there's an you know there's an argument to say that Black Panther deserves to get nominated. It depends. The thing is, it depends what you what your definition of Oscar worthy is. You know, the the Marvel mm. movies. You know, yeah, some of them are a bit shit, but a lot of them are very good. Infinity That's War it. was very very good. It was oh, all right. Also, Sorry. You can't just you can't just <laughs> You can't just pick things on saying that it has to be worthy because it has a message, it has to be worthy because it has blah. Cinema is, by its definition, an entertainment industry. Mm. And Black Panther and the Avengers, uh, the Avengers Infinity War and... Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia, very good example there. Mamma Mia, fantastic example. There, they entertain people to a phenomenal level. So they I agree, and I think... It, I was it, just gonna. It, it, what they've done is doing that. It's gonna be like a consolation prize, though, isn't it? Whatever, whatever way they do it. I was just gonna say. I think increasingly, you know, cinema is and film in general is becoming more of a popularity contest anyway. Yeah. Because yeah. the whole of Hollywood gears, gears itself up for, we're only going to fund things that we know are going to make money. We're only going to fund things that we know people like. We're going to focus group the shit out of things. And we're going to take on board all the comments and criticisms that we get for different things. So if that's the way it's going, and they will never do this, but if that's the way it's going, and the Academy is so desperate to start handing out awards to different you know, popular films, including comic book movies and stuff like that, the only thing they can really start to think about doing is going whole hog and saying, all right, we're going to have a best comedy category. We're going to have a best horror category, a best action category and stuff like that. They'll never do it because it'd sully the brand of the Academy. But that's clearly what they want because they just want mass appeal. This is, this is sullying the brand though. Like it's, it's the kind of thing that might get it, might get it its highest ratings in, in a number of years. But it's it, the kind of thing it, that just I I, it, I I think it tarnishes it and that, like whatever gets nominated for best picture now I don't know it's like right you're an unpopular film well done yeah, yeah. it just is such a fucking weird term well, what is, happens if one year um, we get a film doesn't have to be a superhero movie it probably won't be a superhero movie what happens if we get an incredibly popular film that's also a really just great film you mean like you know, what, get- that just one, what is it, which was incredibly popular. And was well, that's, a, that's it. A solid movie. How, and it are they going to start splitting it down now? I mean, that's... Would that have won it if that category was there now? No. I, the it, thing it, is, it, we, we could be seeing the Meg get a nomination for Best Popular Film, I just want to say. <laughs> so maybe I should I may, I should take everything back. You're saying yeah. that you don't think it's going to get a nomination for Best Picture? I'm fair. It's a strong field this year, Mark. I'm not entirely sure it's going to make it. Ah, uh, well, well, that that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Why not bring out a best trailer? Should be a best trailer best category. Trailer, best trailer would be the Mission Impossible one. Alright, it would be the Mission Impossible. Yeah, you're right. Best trailer one would be the Mission Impossible one because I'd write to the Academy and go, "Could you form a, a, an award that's called Best Trailer <laughs> and just give it to Mission Impossible?" So my wife stops shouting at me about it. <laughs> 
trailer. It's really, to watch it again. It's really popular. <laughs> I I'll tell you what, that's a segue, isn't it? Unless anyone's got anything to add. Nope. Uh, segue is that into trailers. What trailers Ooh. have we been watching, guys? Um, what, did you talk about Venom last week? We did, but you're welcome to talk about it again, bud. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I've not listened to I've not listened to the latest episode yet. So, yeah, I well, I saw that because I was away when it came out. The new new Venom trailer. They've managed to. I just had the first, the very first teaser trailer um, that didn't have Venom in it uh, made me sort of go, oh yeah, I'm not really sure about this. And then the second trailer they brought out, which did have a brief moment of Venom in it, made me sort of reassess and go, oh, okay, all right, let's see how this is going. And now. I'm just like, what the fuck are they trying to pull here? Like, this is, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'll watch it. I, I'll be there first day. But, um, yeah, it just looks kind of messy and dark. And I, I'm not keen on that humor. The line where he's kind of listing the body part. He's like, says, the liver, the pancreas, the, the heart, so many snacks and so little time or something like that. It's just a bit like. It's it's stuff like that that makes me remember what how shit a character Venom is and how <laughs> shit and how shit and nineties all those um, symbiote characters really were like they're not very good characters. I'm not sure why people get so excited about them. I think the memory of the artwork, particularly you know people like Todd McFarlane drawing Venom and stuff like that. The memory of the artwork is one thing, and I think we look at it nostalgically, but actually, is there really enough in a character like Venom and, and Carnage? And, and I believe this the bad guy in this one is, um, what's it called? Riot, which most people won't even fucking know who Riot is. I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever read anything with, with Riot in. It's the most generic of, of all the um, symbiotes. So I just, I don't know why, I kind of don't know why they're bothering, really. I mean, it's Sony. They, they've got to do fucking something, haven't they? It, do, it does seem a little bit like they've gone, fuck it, people might watch it. And yeah. that, that is as far as it got, where they went, right, what characters have we got left that are comic book characters? We've got Venom. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, fuck it, someone might watch it. Yeah. Cool. They sat there and they went, well, yeah. well Noel will turn up, so uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Will it be good? It is shit. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's about it. That's all I remember remember seeing. What what have you got Ian? Uh, I'm having to look through now. Um, I'll be honest, I don't think I've fucking seen anything. Uh, Ian, have you seen that? Because what's not about this briefly? Uh, what hmm. is it? Have you seen the Bumblebee trailer in the uh, cinema? Yeah. What? Which one? What the? the, the I've, I think I've only seen one, not in the cinema. The Rick Astley one was it, Mark? It is, but it, it is, but it's an extended one. There's more bits in it, or it's a recut one, and it might have the Eric Astley bit in it again. Uh, okay. But it, 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 it looks, it looks like this could be quite a, a sweet, fun movie. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't interested at all when the first trailer came out. I actually think it looks quite, quite nice now. Like, like Transformers generally aren't nice, but it looks quite sweet. Yeah, it, 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 it looks a little bit like. People are going to turn up and go, and it's going to finish and go, wait, was that a Transformers movie or not? I don't get what's going on. I, 
I, I mean, it, it's my boy Travis Knight who directed Kubo and the Two Strings behind it, and Kubo and the Two Strings is fucking amazing. It's so fantastic. Yeah, so I'm 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 up for it. I mean, John Cena's like the bad guy. I think it's like mm. yeah, fine, why not? Um, and it's coming out around Christmas, and if it's going to be sweet and heartwarming, then Christmas release date, yeah, cool. I think that's what they're looking for. I um, want to believe. I, I so want to believe. <laughs> but this, I'm not there yet. This looks. This looks more like a Transformers movie that you might get on board with than the previous five or six. I forget how many there is. Yeah. I think it's six or seven or, t- or twelve. I'm not sure either. Hang on. Yeah. Yeah. Five. Is it five? I don't know. No, yeah, there's. I only think it two... is five. Yeah, it's five. There's, there was two Mark Wahlberg ones, weren't there? So two Mark Wahlbergs and three Shia LaBeoufs. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So three five golden rings. That's forty-seven films then. Eighteen. <laughs> um, <18 laughs> so many explosions. So many. Well, number two was just one big explosion, and we got to see what happened during it. And there's balls, robot balls. Don't forget the yeah. robot balls. Um, right. There is uh, a um, one thing I have been watching actually, which everybody should watch. I've kind of fallen for this. Um, have you heard of Lindsay Ellis? The she's a YouTuber. Oh, who, yeah. She's a YouTube sort of uh, vlogger type person who does like academic pieces on um, film theory and stuff like that. But she applies film theory to like Disney films and the Transformers Transformers films. She's done. She did a six. She's done a, quite a few on the Transformers films. So she did like six sort of general ones, I think it is, on the Transformers movies, and then the sort of breakdowns of feminism in Transformers movies and all and, and sort of all that type of thing. Those that series of videos that she's produced is far more interesting than anything that happens in any of those films themselves um if anybody hasn't seen a transformers movie and they're thinking about wasting two and a half hours of their life i'd just say no just go go and watch these six videos that'll take up uh, an hour of your life and it's a much more rich and, and rewarding experience cool uh i might damn, I'm, going, I'm actually gonna give those a go now actually um mm. what else have we got next well, before we get into the ones we've watched recently, we saw we saw the Winnie the Pooh trailer. I haven't seen that before. Oh, yeah. Christopher Robin! Oh my God! Yeah, I'm fucking die! I'm yeah. I just what the fuck? Why? Why is nothing brightly coloured in that? Why? Because because the world's miserable, Rebecca. I just, I just I don't get who that's trying to appeal to. Me? Uh, do you know what it's trying to appeal? <laughs> it's trying to appeal to Ian. You don't think? Do you think that was good? Fucking, I'm gonna cry. It, it feels to Ian. So Ian wants to see it. Ian and 47 year old women who still live with their parents. Yeah, that's feels to. Yeah, that's who I identify as. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It doesn't look child friendly. Everyone said this about Paddington, and Paddington was wonderful. The Paddington in the trailers made it look fun. This doesn't make anything look fun. But that's because Winnie the Pooh isn't fucking fun. Yeah, Winnie Winnie the Pooh is the least fun Disney character. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. The only fun thing about it is is the fact that it's been banned in China because the Chinese (laughs) (laughs) Prime Minister doesn't want doesn't doesn't like the fact that people keep on comparing it to Winnie the Pooh. He does look quite a lot like. He does look quite a lot like Winnie the Pooh. 
But yeah, uh, yeah. So what else have we got? Um, the Nutcracker and the Four Realms. Right. I don't get how that's Kira Knightley. It's Julianne what? fucking Moore. No, in the film it's very much Kira Knightley. In the in fucking the post, poster, like, it's Julianne it. Moore. Yeah, the poster does look. It does a bit. It does a bit of whiff of Julianne Moore about it. But on, in the trailer, and then what is it? But then again, it, it's. I, I November release. You know, getting a little bit cold, starting to get into Christmas. I'm very much up for this. I think they should have done it closer to Christmas. Then. They should have done it closer to Christmas, but then they've got that fucking Grindelwald bollocks, haven't they? Yeah, but at Christmas. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I, I think. Go on. Sorry. Go on. No, no, no. Go on, go. I, yeah, it looks it looks magical and like the kind of film that you'd like to. It's the fucking out. Nutcracker. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, but it looks quite like it's been quite well done. Yeah, no, 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 no it's the yeah. Nutcracker. It, it, it should be released Christmas. It should be released at Christmas. Yeah. Um, Dropped the ball there, but yeah, it's I, yeah, I'll definitely watch that. Bit yeah. of whimsy. Yeah, I'm all for that. I'm all about the whimsy. And then lacking whimsy entirely is the uh, for Lizzie. Yeah. <laughs> or as I've d- d- termed it, Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden. <laughs> what's yeah. this? What, what's this now? It's a Lizzie Borden uh, movie, but Lizzie Borden is played by Chloe Sabine, and the housemaid is played by Kirsten Stewart, and they have a uh, a relationship. Oh, a twist. Fucking, yes. that just sounds insufferable. My, my wonderful punnery of Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden, yeah, fucking. I'm bollock, bollocks. And see what I get. Is this the same Lizzie... Is this the same Lizzie Borden who was an American woman who garnered notoriety as the main suspect on the August 4th, 1892 Axe murders of her yes. father and stepmother in Fall River, Massachusetts? It is indeed the same one. Ah, oh, right, okay. Yeah. But in this, but in this she's a lesbian. Yeah. Maybe she oh. Maybe there's new knowledge of the white. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's yeah, you're right there, Mark. Unsufferable <laughs> shite that, that the internet will fucking love. Yeah. yeah. What, what's the casting of this, though? Have they actually cast a real-life axe murderer in the, the main role of, of Lizzie Borden? Because if not... Uh, well, it's supposed to be, so possibly. Yeah. She could have. Yeah, no, you need, like, yeah. Emma Roberts or something. Oh, that'd be it. I'd be all, I'd be there. I'd be there waiting right now, just shouting at the screen. <laughs> oh dear. God bless that small, small little mad bitch. Yeah, you see, I can't, I can't understand why you won't get on board with like the American Horror Story ones that she's in because she's fucking, she's, she's so Emma Roberts in those. I'd be fine with that, but it's all the other bits. Is Zachary Quinto in them? Not in the one she's in. Oh, I'm a fan of it then. You are with that? Yeah. He's only in the first one. He's fucking oh, boring, isn't he? Anyway. How many seasons of that are they on now? Are they on about like six seasons of that now? Seven, I think, isn't it? I think, yeah. Um, um, yeah, there's... Um, many seasons. Many. Uh, yeah, so that, that's, that's all I've seen, uh, trailer-wise. Trailer um, I'm sure there's one that I keep seeing in the cinema and I'm forgetting that I've seen. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Uh, what's... I'm just kind of sad that there's no excuse to watch the Mission Impossible one anymore. No, no, nah, you literally you'd be happy if that was just playing in front of every film from now on, wouldn't yeah, you? Would yeah, yeah. Um, so right, we'll we'll move into our, our main review. Come on, yep, cool. Uh, which is Ant Man and the the Wasp. 
which is a sequel to the 2015 film Ant-Man, uh, returning Peyton Reed as writer-director, but it's also written... Actually, he doesn't write, actually, does it? It's Chris McKenna uh, that writes it. Uh, and we've also got Polonies returning, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Payne is back, Bobby Cannabale is back, Judy Greer is back, uh, Michael Douglas is back, but they've brought along with them this time Walton Goggins, which I bet you loved on that one, didn't you know? Uh, Wally Goggs, yeah. yeah. Wally uh, Goggs, oh, I like that. <laughs> Michelle Piper and Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> uh, what I found amusing before we get into the plot uh, of this is that apparently when Michael Douglas got sent the script, he had to ring Peyton Reed and say, What's going on? <laughs> because he hadn't seen <laughs> any of the Avengers movies since it, so they didn't realise that the suit had been stolen. <laughs> oh, right, so he didn't realise what had happened. He hadn't like, seen Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pretty went, funny. Yeah, then said to him, well, have you not seen the movies? And he just went, no, I, I've not. <laughs> I'm Michael <laughs> Douglas. Of course I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I, read, I read something with him that he, he was saying some interview and he was saying that he tried to talk to his, his dad about it and his dad was just like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. what is this? What were you talking about? The, the same interview, uh, I, I, and I promise I'll, we'll get into the film in a second, but the, I thought this was quite amusing. The same interview, which I think was in Rolling Stone, I think it was, and the guy who interviewed him said that he, he turned up and it was, they were meeting in London and it was really warm, and so he'd, he said that he was wearing just a, um, a, a shirt. Did you read the same interview? Mm-hmm. He was wearing a shirt and a pair of just... Um, chinos and then it, it, it was hit by this idea of oh my god i'm about to meet michael douglas and i'm dressed quite casually he said they thought oh it's good because michael douglas has turned up and he's wearing pretty much the same apparently michael douglas's first thing he said to him was he stood up shook his hand and said i'm glad you didn't dress up for me <laughs> <laughs> oh thought, shit that's the most passive aggressive thing he thought that is so perfectly michael douglas <laughs> it's like saying it's okay you know, I'm allowed to dress like this, but, you know, could have made an effort. Yeah. Oh, you'd feel three inches tall if Michael Douglas <laughs> said that to you. Christ. Because you can hear it in his voice, because he's got... He, you can imagine he has such a withering takedown. It's fantastic. Mm. So, anyway, the film opens um, with... Uh, what's her name? Michael, Michelle Pfeiffer. Janet. Janet. Uh, opens with her in 1987. Uh, and that's how we see her getting spun into the quantum realm and getting lost. And then it brings us back to, I think it's three days before Scott is supposed to be ankle monitor taken off. Correct. Uh, and we'll get into more plot bits because there's there's a lot of plot bits, but we can get into it as we, we talk about it. Plus, everyone's fucking seen it now. Um, <laughs> True. No. What did you think of Batman and the Wasp? Yeah, it's it's not the most exciting response, I don't think. But I think I I expected the film to be a, a solid sequel to to another film that was quite solid, and I expected it to be pretty funny and pretty enjoyable and a bit of a caper, and I expected it to be a palate cleanser after the you know the the grandeur and madness of of infinity war um and that's that's exactly what it was um i don't think it was quite as funny as the last one i don't think the i don't it wasn't that the jokes didn't land i think it was just it felt like there were less of them um maybe that's due to the fact that there was a 
bit less Michael Pena in there, and and, and those characters weren't quite used as uh, as centrally because obviously they had to focus on the Wasp and the Quantum Realm and all that type of thing. Um, so yeah, all in all, I enjoyed it. It's it, it was really solid. I I won't rush to watch it again, but of course I will watch it again at some point. Um, it's yeah, it's not the most memorable Marvel film either. It's it's just it's just solid mid tier Marvel, I think. Yeah, well, we should should, should actually mention with a block is that that um, the Wasp uh, Hope it's Hope isn't yeah. it? Yeah, Hope and uh, Hank Pym are trying to build a like a gateway through to the quantum realm to get Janet back because she's formed some kind of bond with Scott when he was in the quantum realm and has managed to send a message through that. So she's oh, no, buying pieces of that off Bolton Goggins. Uh, but at the same time, there's also this weird ghosty creature that's fucking flitting about and stealing bits to try and make her own bit for it as well. Well, she just wants to stop phasing, doesn't she? Yes, but I think we'll get, we'll get to that. Uh, what did you think of it, Ian? Yeah, it was good. Um... I had on Letterboxd ranking, I think, as good a time with it as I had with Infinity War, but it was a good half hour shorter. So, you know, this Ant-Man and the Wasp is better than Infinity War. Um, Not rising to it. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I, well, nothing's as good as Justice League, no. Nothing's as good as Justice League. Thank you. Uh, um, <laughs> No, I mean, it's it's fun. It's throwaway. I remember absolutely fuck all about it, apart from big car, small car, big car, small car, um, which I, I quite enjoyed. You know, it sounds like I'm, I'm damning that and I'm not. And I enjoyed that stuff. That, um, I, I was bothered. I, I was bothered throughout the whole. Sorry. Go, go. My, my favorite line in the whole actual movie is uh, is man that undercarriage is filthy yeah <laughs> that literally killed me yeah after our Pena bashing the other day I think I think he's redeemed himself in this yeah sorry sorry, sorry I, I, I enjoyed that they actually set that up as well earlier on and then yeah. kind of put, paid it off mm. that was that, I, yeah that was good um um the big car small car big car small car fuck I've forgotten never mind um Sorry about that. I, it, no, I thought it was right. funny that so much of so much of the plot revolved around because I remember when the first trailer for it dropped and there was that whole sort of discussion around how the fuck does that building work? No, and that's I, what I was going to say. I told you. It bothered me throughout the whole. Did anybody thing. expect it so much me of throughout the, plot the whole thing? How does the plumbing work? Sorry, no. It bothered me. It bothered me less um, because I think one. one it bothered me less because I think I saw that building as not really being a real building. It was just a place for all the stuff to be. So I think in the trailer, it made it look like it was it was an office block of some yeah. description, a disused office block or something like that. Whereas in the film, it felt very much like something that he'd made specifically for this purpose. I yeah. want to see a scene where they have to take a shit somewhere else because there's no place. Yeah. 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 I think given I mean, all the- Oh, they've maybe got a chemical toilet in there. Yeah, I'll take chemical toilets. Well, without being too pedantic as well, I think, you know, obviously it needed electricity, so I'm not sure where the electricity was coming from. They didn't have, they didn't carry well, a mini generator or, around or, with them or something. Oh, they've, <laughs> nicked, they've nicked some kind of stark, what is it, technology that has some kind of generator. A mini arc 
got a mini arc reactor in there or something. Maybe. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's what we'll say. Because yeah. what I would also say okay. there is, are they actual Matchbox cars just made bigger? Because if they are, they don't have working parts in them. No, exactly. they're not, man. He just he just made, he just made normal cars smaller. But, but then why would he make that one with all the flames and shit on it? Why would exactly. you that one? Why would you not? Well, the reason that because the reason that they include it. Yes, Becky. The, the, reason that they, the reason that they included that one is because I think that actually is a Hot Wheels car in yeah. the real world. So they wanted that visual reference. But by doing that, they've just confused it. And it's like, well, is it a car or is it a Hot Wheels car? Why is it? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, doesn't really feel like the type of car that Hank Pym would buy. It doesn't. And, that, and then shrink tr- tr- down. So. Or even you steal Hank yeah. Pym. You shut what? the fuck no. up. You don't know Hank Pym. Hope oh, did not get that car. Hope no. did not get that car. What did you think of it next? I, you know, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. It, it was nice and refreshing that it was so low stakes after the yeah. more recent um, Marvel movies. Obviously, leading into Infinity War, everything was ah, and this was just like doobie doobie doo, and I liked that. It was doobie doobie doo. <laughs> Yep. It was good, you know, know. Was in it, Paul Rudd's good in everything, Michael Peña was funny, it, you know, it was just, it was a nice way to spend a couple of hours. What were you laughing at before? No, I'm laughing at Michael Peña. <laughs> no, I'm actually not laughing at Michael Peña. I love the bits when he does, like, the, <laughs> the, the telling the story thing, and then it's just... I, I, I'm laughing at the, you put a quarter in it, now you get the whole song. <laughs> oh, that was a good line. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, and that's the thing. There was there was those there was those bits where in the first film you get that sort of Michael Pena going off on one thing, yeah. and I think maybe it's just my I can't quite remember, but it feels like they do it about three or four times in the first yeah. film, whereas in this one you only got one of them, and I was like, I want another one of them. I really enjoy them. Give me more of them. Yeah, yeah. But it was a treat, though. Just the whole kind of like oh, misun- yeah. the fact that he misunderstood the question as well. Like, where is he? Like, emotionally, it's fucking brilliant. And the whole discussion about whether or not it's a truth serum and what, what a truth serum is. I quite enjoyed that. And then the guy at the end just going, "God, it's a truth." It's a truth serum. <laughs> yeah. it, it seems like I enjoyed it a bit more than everybody. No, I don't. Know, I really enjoyed it. I just, I, I enjoyed I, it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good time. It's just it's it's very throwaway, and that's fine. Like, none of these that's, films have been that, fucking throwaway. It's nice to have one that is. Yeah. I, I kind of loved it about, about that about it. And the thing is, I I, I had a I, I said to Bex my, before it started. My only worry about this is I don't see why Ant Man needs to be nearly around two hours long. That feels like a long time for for this movie, mm. but. It's really pacey. It never felt what is it. They had a couple of different storylines running concurrently, mm. but they all tied in quite nicely. Um, you had, rather than one big bad villain, you kind of had two villains who could, who could run yeah. side by side, but never kind of crash into each other. Or would crash into each other, but not form a team or anything like that. And neither of them were really big bads, were they? Like, Walton Goggins was just greedy and... What's the face? Just wanted to like not wanted to live. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like I liked that. Um, it's it, 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 Ian saying it, he thinks it's better than Infinity War. I don't agree with him on that. But I I'm fucking his... joking. Christ. I don't know <laughs> where you are. Who knows? Because <laughs> I think it's better than Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah, it's that, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen Black Panther. It, it's it's good. Black Panther's good, but I thought I thought that was was, was, was better. I thought it was, it was it's a more enjoyable movie, and Black Panther's a really good movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, had, I had a great time with it. I, it like everyone, like I think we've all said it, it was it was a nice kind of like palate cleanser with the the idea of that it was just it was just fun, and the fact that the characters, I think it, the fact that it's it's set before yeah what happens well, in Infinity War during I suppose it would be wouldn't it. I suppose, yeah, kind of, yeah. It mm. is you've got that going on, but they're not they're not weighted down by all of that. Yeah. They can kind of have a little bit of a, a jolly about it. Oh, that mid credit scene though. Well, the mid credit scene, which we we will we'll come to, is, <laughs> is definitely a is, is a thing certainly. Uh, sure, but yeah, I, I I thought it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I like the fact that they that they do they introduce the wasp as just bang there it is there she is she's there and she's obviously she's really good at doing all of this stuff yeah and that that's it yeah that's well, she it. doesn't need she doesn't need the growth really does she because she's been no. training for this her whole life mm. but yeah. has been sort of i mean from the first film she's the one who is ready for that challenge she's ready she's ready she's ready and hank is is basically like no i'm not putting you in that situation and that's why he gets um scott lang involved so it makes sense that she, you know, at the end of the last film, he said, you know, he rewarded her with, no, I'm going to trust you and we're going to, here's the suit. So it, it makes sense that it'd just be bang straight in and, and let's crack on with it. We certainly didn't need it to be a, you know, any kind of, um, well, we've had the origin, you know, the origin was the last film. It was just that she yeah. wasn't, it, it, Hank didn't want to put her in the way of danger. So. I mean, the, the amusing line of, uh, so you don't have wings and all those kind of things when you're in yeah. suit. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. He did seem did seem Hank Pym in these movies. This one in particular, he's a mean fucker, and he is he is a sort of he's real mean it. bastard. Yeah, he, he kind of he, is. He's a dickhead, and it, yeah, it, it, it literally everybody points at him and goes, "He's an arrogant prick." Mm. Can I ask a question actually that kind of bothered me? What you know how the new suits a like prototype working progress by the line it keeps breaking, mm-hmm. but then he's got the old suit. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he just use the old suit that doesn't keep breaking and making him child size? But that bit was funny in the school. Because, because, because comic because comic books. Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got to have a new suit. You just got to have a new suit. But, the, but don't they normally work? But, but, but why? Huh. But, but, Not in Iron Man. You, you can do things like this in Ant Man that you can't mm-hmm. do in, in Iron Man. You can't have Iron Man <laughs> literally <laughs> flying around talking to Cap, and then all of a sudden his suit just kicks out and he fucking falls down because he goes, "I was a prototype." No, but they did do that. That's that was my main problem with Iron Man Three is they did that for two hours they, and ten fucking they, minutes. Yeah. They didn't give him a working suit throughout the whole film. So, like, that's what I'm saying. I think you know, uh, uh, and I, I've talked about this before. It, like. The, the the hero getting a new suit, especially in Iron Man, has always been a thing. It's always been, and here's the new suit, and here's the new suit, and here's the new suit. And if you're if you read Iron Man comics throughout the sort of well seventies, eighties, nineties, that was you know you'd have a storyline, storyline, and you'd wait for it. When's he going to get a new suit? When's he going to get a new suit? So that's why I was so disappointed with Iron Man three is because they give him a thousand new suits, none of them work. You see most of them for about two seconds at the end, and then he fucking destroys them all. So yeah. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> yeah, that was the only bit that bothered me. Can I just say one thing that bothered me? Because it's a little yeah. bit like 
and you were talking about the, the building. For me, right, Janet Van Dyne has been in the uh, quantum realm for, what, 20 years or something? So how did she use a laptop like that? That's also true, yeah. Well, the thing that was bothering me more, more fundamentally, though, was where's she been sleeping and what's she been eating? Where's she been pooping, son? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where's the plumber in the quantum realm? Maybe maybe time's different in the quantum realm. It's not, because she still has orders. Okay. Maybe there's no digestive processes in the quantum realm. Maybe she, yeah, maybe that's it. And she, she literally, that when she got back, she went, I need to go to the bathroom. But it's like, that's it. <laughs> Two, 20 years old. fucking messy in there. <laughs> All she's been eating is little fucking bugs and stuff like that. What's she been drinking? Her own urine. You're taking this in a weird direction, though, though. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Walter Duggins admitting to uh, various um, health misdemeanors in his restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. He was really good in it, actually. Walt Goggins is really good in everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can never go wrong with a bit of Wally Goggs, can you? Yeah. I, I could have taken it. Could have taken a little bit more more of him, but I think the the one thing with Walton Goggins is I really enjoy him saying darling, and I can't remember whether or not he says darling in this, but I feel like he might have done. And I, I kind of hope he does. Yeah. Just the way Walton the way Walton Goggins says darling to people is just the best thing. It makes me a bit moist. <laughs> Why does Bobby Carnival just keep all Bobby Carnival? If they Judy Greer, it does. It, they can actually, and then hugs people really aggressively. Mm. Yeah, that was that is a, that is such a weird character shift from the first one as well. It's like he's getting on with Scott by the end of the first one. Like there's a kind of like a mutual. Nah, yeah, you're all right. And by this one, he fucking loves him. Yeah. Uh, is it just? Really is it something weird. to do? I mean, because he. He's a cop and he's supposed to be the hard guy. And actually, now Scott, this guy we didn't really like that much, is is Ant Man and he's he's an Avenger and stuff. And it is a total jump, but I think they just wanted that extra comedy beat in there. And they know Bobby Cannavale is good for a, a comedy beat. I, I don't know. It's just like you don't react to the alpha in your area by like hugging him. Like Paul in work, he's he's the alpha. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll agree that he is the alpha. Paul, I know you're going to be listening to this while fucking writing a secure message. You're the alpha. I'm going <laughs> to hug you. Now! <laughs> I, feel like we've, I feel like we've just heard like some sort of code for something. <laughs> Paul, you're the alpha. That means, like, I don't even want to know what that means. <laughs> I'm gonna try. No, I'm gonna have to work something out now. It's gonna be like Paul. You're gonna hear. You're gonna hear me say you're the alpha, and I want you to. Oh, I've got to work something out. All right. I anyway. want you to execute the president or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. no, exactly. It's fucking. Uh, you're the Manchurian candidate, bitch. <laughs> anyway, um, what what were we saying? Um, no, no, no. It's like it's just it's a weird. I agree. It's like a funny little bit of business to be giving him, but it's almost like what do they just tie all these actors to multiple film contracts? And they just have to legally enforce it. It's like fuck me. We got Bobby. Why did we sign Bobby Cannavale on a fifteen film contract? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what can we do in this one? Oh, the hug Paul Rudd. He's he's yeah. gonna be like the like, I don't know the next fucking Black Panther, and he's literally just gonna be in the background like sweeping something, <laughs> just hugging, just hugging Daniel Kaluuya. Um, yeah, Daniel exactly. Van Park. <laughs> <laughs> <Is it? laughs> 
Ever Park plays the FBI agent. Oh, he's funny. I do think, though, that... Cause we'll get, oh, on, this, we'll, we'll, we'll get on the mid-credits sequence. I do think the final credit sequence, it would have been a funnier gag rather than it being the um, Ant playing the drums again if the final gag was Randall Park's character and um, Paul, Paul Rudd having dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that would have been so much better. We didn't even need to say anything. It would just be, they could have just had them there sitting there. Yeah, and then just gone, cut it out. And that would have been better than, than, than essentially a gag we'd already seen. Yeah. 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 It, 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 did feel a little bit, it felt a little bit like they went, they went, right, we need to do, we need to show that the full test print, something like that. Um, right, what do we put, what do we put, what do we sign on for the, for the post-credits? And they went, oh, shit. Um, just stick that on, what is it? I don't know, it just said out on it. And they went, ah, oh, that worked. The thing is, the thing that's annoying is that you have to admit that nobody's, that, that people don't want to wait that long for anything important. Or stick the important ones at the very end. Or stick the important ones at the very end. Either give up on the end ones that, you know, people will sit and wait for them. Because just in case, like a lot of people won't, but a lot of people will. And it's it feels like such a jip when you get there and it's a gag one. Mm. I, I don't know. I mean, like the Spider-Man Homecoming one with Captain America was fantastic. Like, oh, is that the PSA? Yeah, the PSA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was just... That almost feels like that should have been the last one ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the thing is, like I said, the mid-credits one, it, it's fine, I get that. And then having all this one, it, it, it feels like they're not even trying anymore. Yeah. Like they no, I, I think, I wish they'd just go back to having one, at the very end, one. I don't yeah. need a mid-credits one as well. Just give me one, and I, that way we're not under pressure to have a gag one in there as well. I don't have to sit there waiting to, is it going to be a gag one? Is it going to be a real one? Just, just, there's enough gags in, in Marvel movies as it is. Mm. Let's just have comic book style, have some sort of teaser for what's about to come next. Back yeah. just the way it was before, saying one word like Avengers, you know, saying one word like Avengers or showing Thor's hammer or, you know, just those simple little things that just give you that little shiver of excitement for what's coming next. Well, the mid uh, would have been perfect as a post cred. Mm. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Hey, I liked it. It's, it's, it's exactly. It's, it's a little bit like this whole movie, really. It's pretty much exactly what I expected. I think I. Think I you, you literally said this during our Infinity War chat we were doing. I, I yeah, something similar. I think I said that towards the end of the film, Ant Man and the Wasp will being be in the quantum realm, saving Janet Van Dyne, and when they come out the snap will have happened because the way I saw it, you know, the quantum realm is something that exists outside of reality. So either way, they wouldn't be affected by it, whether they were going to die or not, they would be in a a place that was away from everything. So if they came out and all of a sudden they were, you know, they, they came out into the real world and there was just people turning to dust everywhere or there was piles of dust everywhere or whatever, they wouldn't know what's going on and they would maybe turn to each other and maybe Hawkeye had turn up and say, the Avengers need you or something like that. That's the way I sort of saw it. Um, but yeah, so similar in a way. I think it works, but like I say, just like everything about this film, I think, Mark, I did really, really enjoy it, but my, it's not really a criticism. It's just, it, it was exactly what I expected it to be. So uh, uh, that, know, that, it's, it, it's it didn't punch most... above anything over at any point. 
it, it, it's the most 7.75 out of 10 movie <laughs> that I think yeah. ever been made. And it will either, on rewatch, it'll either go up to an 8 or it'll drop down to a 7.5. Can I just ask before we... Before we get away from the, the the clicking Infinity War, is am I I might be imagining this, but I think did I read somewhere that there's some kind of Carol Danvers link to the quantum realm in the comic books? Um, not that I'm aware of. Um, I mean, it might be that. Uh, see, I don't know because I figured the thing is, is Captain Marvel's going to be the most insanely overpowered character compared to everybody else that's in the Marvel universe. So she's got the ability, if anybody's got the ability to just go into the quantum realm um, outside of Stephen Strange, who's already dead, it would probably be her, I guess. I'm not, I'm not aware of anything specifically, but it could well be. Fair enough. I I might have imagined it, but I'm I'm sure I read something about Ant-Man would be stuck in the quantum realm and he'd come across. Mm. Well, that chain, they're changing her. Um, they're changing her backstory in the film anyway. So, so oh, Captain Marvel's backstory is that she's this pilot who gets, you know, bestowed upon her the power of this alien who who comes from a a place where they've got all these, you know, alien space and forces type thing. And uh, basically, Marvel have looked at it and gone, "Yeah, that's Green Lantern." Um, so they're just they're gonna they're gonna change it and do something else. Um, so maybe 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 there's some source of power from the quantum realm or one of the um, you know a part of the quantum realm that that gives her a power. I'm not sure. Maybe that's the direction I'll take it. Maybe. Um, cool. Can, can I so just? Where are we? I, I, I just want to say, if you were Ant Man and that happened and everybody else was gone, and obviously everything's going to get fixed. Would you not be like, I'm never fucking going into the quantum realm again in case that ever happens again? Like, <laughs> fuck that. You know, like I, I genuinely was filled with a kind of an existential dread yeah, after that bit. It's a and scary I, idea, though. It, like, that's the thing. It kind of got in my head a little bit as like the credits were going of just like... Could you imagine, like, imagine that? I mean, like, it's, it's, I know it's, it's supposed to be like a shocking, like, oh, kind of thing. For me, it was like, for all you know, you are the only person left in the fucking universe and you're mm. tiny. Like, that. Yeah, and I, you're gonna, I, and you're gonna have to figure out what you're gonna eat and where you're gonna share for the next yeah, 20 years. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like, and, but it's like, are they coming to save me? You know, and it's it's going to be the hope. It's going to be the hope that kills him. Yeah, it just I, I like obviously they'll fix it. But if I if I were Ant Man, I'd be like, I am never doing that again. No, no way. There's no there, no, just no. I don't care it's, about quantum energy. No. It taps into a very it taps into a very um, primal childhood fear thing as well. Like if you ever got locked in a cupboard. Or if you, do you know what I mean? If you ever sort of, if you were messing about uh, with your friends or with a parent or something, you're like, oh, I'm going to go and hide in the cupboard and they pretended to lock it. Or a bit yeah. like I, because I, yeah. I crossed the line, I crossed the line with Charlie fairly recently where we were messing about in the house. Um, and he said something about, oh, I don't like this house. We need to get a new house. And I sort of jokingly said, you don't like this house, right? You can live in the garden. And he was laughing and it was all joking and fun. <laughs> and then I opened the patio doors at the back oh, and picked no. him up and he was all still laughing and joking. And I put him outside 
And then I closed the door and he was still laughing. He was knocking on the window. And then I locked the door and closed the curtains. And (laughs) and he, he just, just broke down. And Claire went, what have you done? You you fucking open the door. And I opened the door and I was like, I'm so sorry, mate. I just, I I got got across the line. I got carried away. I'm so so sorry. Uh, But it's that sort of primal thing of like, fucking hell, I'm really, I'm I'm here on my own forever now. Yeah, it's that separation, isn't it? It's like if you're having someone and you wander off and then you turn around and you can't see the people you're with, obviously not as a grown-up, but as a kid, and you just freak out. I used to... This is it for me now, I'm here forever. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Debenhams forever. Yeah. I used to get terrified about going to the public toilets because I always thought I'd get locked in and never get out again. I I, I think Noel there just named the fucking Lost Smith's great song, (laughs) Lost in Debenhams forever. Yeah. Scary shit. Yeah. Right. So, so I'm 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 gonna hazard a guess that that we're all definitely not shit on this movie. Yeah. Would that be right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Um, Well, our poll came out. uh, Definitely not shit. Sixty-seven percent. Nice. Touching cloth. Twenty percent. Shit. Seven percent. And geostorm. Six (laughs) percent. Okay. Geostorm's a funny one for this, really. Yeah, I mean, it's it so, it, it, so it, it, shit that you have to see it. I, really? It's shit, a, a funny one for it. Because, really, yeah. it's a, it, the movie's exactly what it says it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I don't know how you get shit from that. Yeah. Um, right. Um, Noel, what have, you been, what have you been watching? Because I know you went, you went away uh, last weekend. Did you watch stuff on... Yeah, well, I saw Mission Impossible last week before I went away. I think that was the Thursday night. Um, I mean, I know you guys will have talked about it at length. It's I I just really, really enjoyed it. Like it just, yeah. I mean, they just. I've I've said this about the Harry Potter films before, where it was like every time they brought one out, I wasn't really bothered or looking forward to it, and then I'd see it and I'd really look forward to it, especially the later on the films got. And it's it's exactly the same with this. Like every time, oh yeah, he's you know he's he's been spotted hanging off an helicopter or do, uh, Tom Cruise I again, yeah. So I think there's another Mission Impossible, and I tend I just forget how much I enjoy them when I'm watching them. So the the decision to go and watch um, the decision to go and watch Mission Impossible last Wednesday, I think it was um, last was purely based on. Um, it was purely based on um, Henry Cavill reloading his arm. But I just woke, I woke up in the morning. I hadn't really thought about Mission Impossible. And I was flicking through Twitter and, or maybe it was Instagram. And there was, the, the, you know, the trailer was sort of playing on Instagram. And it was just that moment where he reloads his arms. And I was just like, oh, fuck, I really want to watch that. So I just thought, I'm going to go watch it tonight. And, and I'm so glad I did because it was just a, a really classy well-made twisty big film with loads of excellent set pieces and just you know sincere but also with comedy in there as well just if if tom cruise just decided i'm just going to do one of these every what four years five years uh, for the rest of his career and not bother doing anything else that'd be fine i'd be absolutely fine And, and i think he'd get damn i mean obviously his age is is going to catch up on him eventually um but 
for as long as he can get away with making these, I will watch them. Um, I don't think I would be saying the same thing if Jeremy Renner had, had taken over, um, as as was suggested might happen at one point. Um, but yeah, thoroughly and thoroughly enjoyable. Um, outside of that, a, a couple of playing watches. I rewatched Predator on the flight over to Malaga. Um, Predator is nobody needs to hear me talk about Predator, but it's it's just such a classic. It is Arnold Schwarzenegger's best film. I'm a huge Arnie fan, and and for that reason alone, it's something that demands rewatching at least once a year. And I don't rewatch that much stuff, but I, I would easily um, rewatch Predator at least once a year. Um, still holds up as well. I think you know, yes some of the effects you can tell that they are from the era that they're from, but generally speaking, it all holds up. Um, so it's a great movie. And then on the way back, uh, I knew that I wanted to take, I knew that I wanted to watch something disposable, um, to pass the time on the plane just to distract me. Cause I, I'm not good at flying. Um, I knew it wouldn't be too much of a problem on the way there because I'd be drunk, but I knew it'd be a problem on the way back because I'd be very, very sober and tired. Um, so I watched Jay and, Bob, Jane Silent Bob, shit, I forgot the name of it, Jane Silent Bob, Strike Back? Strike Back, yeah. Yeah. Um, Fucking hell, that is some self-indulgence, isn't it? It's a long time since I've seen that, but good God, like, you know, it was obviously self-indulgent at the time, but we were a lot closer to Kevin Smith's successful viewersk universe stuff, so it maybe felt slightly more justified, but in the world we live in now, and I love Kevin Smith as a person. I, I think he's, um, you know, I, I, I have issues with some of his films. I love some of his films, but I think generally speaking, I like him, but good God. I mean, I was trying to think of films that are more self-indulgent than Jane, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. And the only one I could come up with was Michael Jackson's Moonwalker in oh, terms of, <laughs> in terms of pure self-indulgence. Moonwalker. Yeah. Moonwalker. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. Eleven-year-old me loved Moonwalker. Yeah, fucking right. <laughs> uh, I, 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 he I, turns into a car in Moonwalker. Exactly, but he just because he can. Like the, the bit where he turns into a robot at the end is just for like he doesn't really <laughs> do anything. He just turns into a robot because Michael Jackson was off his tits. Um, <laughs> Are you sure that Jay and Silent Bob's uh, Straight Back is the highest budget movie that Kevin Smith's ever made as well. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Wow. You'd have thought like Cop Out I mean, would have been or something. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the thing is, is I think if you want this kind, if you want to check out one of this kind of movie from later on in Kevin Smith's career, I think you're probably better off with Clerks 2. And in hindsight, I probably would have watched Clerks 2. Yeah. Um, because I still think Clerks 2 is great. Um, obviously, it's not as great as Clerks, but it's, I still think it's fun and Rosario Dawson's fun in it. It's just a, it feels like a good return to that world. Whereas this, I mean, the Bong humour and also, oh, I've forgotten her name now, um, girl who is insanely hot but cannot act for shit, um, Eliza Dushku. She is a terrible, terrible, terrible actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I just owes her career to the fact that Joss Whedon liked beating off to her. Exactly that. I mean, she is appalling in this. Um, 
and the, the 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 girls, the three girls in that, one of them is um, sorry. There's there's four girls. One of them is completely forgettable. Uh, the other one is the girl who was in was it Heroes that she was in? Um, um, Ali Larter. Ali Larter, yeah. Um, and then the, the other one's Eliza Dushku, and they are all. And Shannon terrible. Elizabeth was the other one as well. Shan- well, no, yeah. Shannon Elizabeth is, is the good one. So there's three bad oh, ones, no, and then she's the good one. Shannon Elizabeth. Dushku, the one, Larter, no, and Smith's wife. Yeah. Yeah, oh, four. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think Smith's, Smith's wife, really. Yeah. yeah, the one who's not quite as attractive as the others. Oh, really? Oh, that I'll explain why she's there then. Okay. Um, yes, it is. Well, back. Yeah. Who also played uh, Dante's girlfriend in Clerks Clerk 2. yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, it's just... I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, she... stick. I, I, I know it's awful to say, but they're all supposed to be... They're all cast as hot women. They are. That's why, that's why they were cast. Oh, yeah. she, that that one's that, that you in the yeah no. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I don't, it's 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 good to watch as a kind of uh, as an oddity and as a sort of weird um, time capsule of Kevin Smith's career at a point where he could get away with this type of thing and he, he could get away with making references to all his films and people would know what he was talking about. Um, some of the Ben. Um, some of the Ben Affleck and Matt Damon stuff is kind of interesting in there, but then it's just certain points where they're sort of mugging at the camera and making really broad jokes about, um, about goodwill hunting and stuff. And it's just, it's a bit cringy. Um, it's an oddity and it's just, it's been so long that since I watched it, I'd just kind of forgotten how ridiculous it is. And my immediate thought after watching it was, fucking hell, they really couldn't get away with making a Jay and Silent Bob movie um, nowadays. But of course, he is currently um, uh, shooting one later this year, I believe. So um, expect more viewer skew laughs (laughs) about films that everybody's forgotten about. Yeah. That was was about it. it. Am I right in thinking, Jay? one with the the animal testing facility. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, Will Ferrell. Yeah, I'd forgotten he was in it actually. Yeah. I, I remember when I watched it a few years back and was like, "Holy shit, it's Will Ferrell." What's Will Ferrell? And Kevin Hart's in it at one point as well. Yeah. He plays plays a street dealer. Um, there's a couple of people pop up actually where you kind of quite surprised. I don't it. think that is Kevin Hart, isn't it? Tracy Morgan. Oh, sorry. Is it yeah, Kevin Hart? Tracy Morgan. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, They're uh, very similar. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Uh, <laughs> no, what have you been watching? No, no, but no. Ian, Ian, what have you been watching? Actually, funnily enough, and it's one that you guys were watching as well, but I just want to say in terms of they look the same as... Noel just kind of weirdly went down a weird rabbit hole that I think we need to forget about. Um, 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of the Benghazi. One of my biggest problems... Sorry? We didn't didn't watch that. You watched that. Oh, did you just put that up? Right, okay. You put that up on the Instagram, right. When you put that up on the Instagram, I thought it meant that you guys had watched it as well. So, never mind. I I, I, I 
Alright, well, okay, fair enough. So, uh, 13 Hours Secret Soldiers, the Benghazi, the... Uh, the Sorry? I'm very interested to see what you're going to say about this one, actually. Yeah, so th- uh, this is the, the Michael Bay film that he made between Transformers 6 and 752. Um, and it's essentially... The reason why I say that, the whole they look the same, is because these guys are so just sweaty and beardy that I genuinely thought three characters were one guy. <laughs> Is that James Bajdale, John Krasinski, and somebody else? No, it was James Bajdale and another guy and another one of their mates. Like, honestly, I thought throughout the entire film they were the same guy. And then at the end, when it kind of came up with the, this was this person and this is what they did make stuff, it was like, oh, shit, they were separate people. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, um, I mean, it probably wasn't helped by the fact that it was a bit of a treadmill watch. which is how Michael Bay, I'm sure, is how he wanted me to experience 13 hours watching it on an iPhone while running. Um, so this is the story of some shit going down in Benghazi. Uh, basically, it's a kind of a bunch of mercenaries um, who are... Uh, well, John Krasinski's kind of this covert ops mercenary guy who's brought into this secret CIA base... Um, and there's like a siege on, on the base. It's like, it's like the Alamo or something basically. Um, and it's two and a half hours long. Um, cause it's Michael. (laughs) Yeah. Spends about the first half hour, 45 minutes, like just setting up characters. And it is essentially, these are normal guys like you and me, and they've got wives and kids it's like, okay, so they're American human beings who play video games, have wives and kids, and why did I need to spend that amount of time on that? And it also sets up some of the CIA people. There's a little sequence early on where there's some CIA stuff going on. There's like a meet, like a clandestine meeting, and then there's a little bit of a chase. And again, it adds nothing. But once the film actually gets to the these guys have basically got to defend this secret CIA base. And it actually gets pretty fucking good. Um, the, the action is well done the way, the way it ebbs and flows because of, like these people attacking them aren't like a, a like a regimented force. It's just a, a bunch of locals discovering this is a secret American base and not being very happy about it. Um, so they kind of defeat the first wave easily enough, but then it's like this, cranking tension of what are they going to come back with they're going to be back what are they going to come back with um and then it's the cia trying to get help from the u.s and other areas and essentially a lot of them being like well you shouldn't fucking you shouldn't be there in the first place what are you doing there no we're not going to help you uh but then other u.s forces kind of come in and and help slightly spoiler alert um and it's just it's this kind of war of attrition where it really captures the heightened nature of in the shit followed by and the film's not boring but followed by the boredom that these guys kind of feel mixed with the adrenaline and having to stay awake because they don't know when shit's going to kick off again and I, i think bay does a pretty good job in conveying that um it's 
it's certainly not one of my favorites of his films, but I'd certainly rank it over the vast majority of the Transformers films. Um, it doesn't quite feel like the he's got to get shit off his chest like Pain and Gain did, which felt like a fucking psychiatric session with Satan, but it's <laughs> weirdly enjoyable for it. Um, yeah. Like, Pain and Gain's fun, um, but like fucking disgusting fun. Like, it's just really primal. What the, how the fuck am I enjoying this? Oh, that's right. I drank a bottle of Jack Daniels and watched it, which I did. That's how I nothing wrong with Pain and Gain. It's a great movie. No, there's there's nothing wrong with Pain and Gain, but that is a film that literally I had to watch through the prism of a bottle of Jack Daniels to truly get what Michael Bay was going for in that film. (laughs) Um, uh, I haven't rewatched yet because I don't want to rewatch it in case it doesn't make weird sense like it did the first time I watched it. No, yeah. that, that, that's exactly it. Like straight up, I drunk seventy centiliters of Jack Daniels in the night I watched <laughs> Pain and Gain. Fucking hell, Ian. Yeah, I think I was watched it. <laughs> no, it was it was the year that Donna was pregnant, and I literally said to her, "I'm never going to do this again, but I kind of want to do it once in my life." <laughs> um, it, yeah, she wasn't happy. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> But my my wife was the patience of a saint. She's amazing. Um, but yeah, um, thirteen hours. It, it just it 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 feels like a Michael Bay film, but it does actually feel like a film. You know, so that that's probably a win. Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No, I, I I thought it was all right. It just it it, it takes some time to get going though. I would warn. Cool. Like it going. Okay, so um, Teen Titans go to the movies. So uh, I don't want to hear anything about this movie. Are you serious? I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. <laughs> I'll step away for a minute. All right. Okay. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, I know Noel's planning on seeing it with Charlie, but I didn't realise he was that spoiler reverse. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, okay. okay. <laughs> so this is an adaptation of the Cartoon Network show, which uh, Lottie and I had never seen prior to watching the film, and we've now fucking devoured episodes of it on Amazon Prime. Um, so I don't really know what the origins of this is, but it's um, Robin of Batman and Robin is the leader, and he's got Cyborg, Beast Boy, Starfire, and Raven with him. I have you seen this back I've seen Teen Titans. It's all right, it's Teen Titans. Uh, I, I, I've never heard of it until so, until Ian started mentioning th- it. Yeah. This this is Teen Titans Go, which is like the kind of the two D fucking Red Bull infused <laughs> madness. And and then there's Teen Titans, which I think is a more kind of serious take. But essentially, story: um, Robin wants his own movie. So, um, in order to get his own movie, Superman, voiced by Nicolas Cage, tells him, well, you're a joke and you need uh, you essentially need an arch nemesis. So uh, Deathstroke, um, even though they never call him Deathstroke in this, it's just Slade, um, voiced by Will Arnett, uh, comes into the picture. Um, He and Robin decides he's going to be his arch enemy. And it kind of goes from there. If if Noel's. No, he's still gone. Wow. All right. Um, so, yeah, this is 
essentially the only way I could get as energetic as this film is, is if I had Red Bull intravenously injected into my veins while a fist made of cocaine punched me repeatedly. Um, <laughs> but it's... It, 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 it's really, really fun. It's really fun. Um, it's got a... It's, <laughs> It's kind of got a message, but it's a silly message. Um, and well, at least end, it's got. Uh, but that's not what it's there for. I mean, it just—it's just stupid madness, but like really, really fun, stupid madness. Um, and then we watched some at home, and there is—I put a thing up on my Instagram about this. There is an episode just called Waffles which is one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. Um, it's, would you need it's just, to, to watch this? Would you need to, would you need to watch it in sequence? Oh, and the Lord, no. Oh, good. No. Um, it and, uh, funny. no, it just, it's, yeah, it's just funny. Um, and there's, um, there's an episode that Noel recommended 40%, 40%, 20% where he, I think I'm quoting Noel where he said, it's like living inside my mind. Yes. And it, it is it, that, that episode is what I imagine Noel's mind to be like constantly. Um, so yeah, teen Titans go to the movies. Um, Lottie, can you come here for a second, please? Lottie, I'm, I'm here, babe. Lots. I'm, I'm talking about Teen Titans Go to the Movies. What did you think of it? Good. Yeah, what was your favourite bit? When, when he said stop, he when, when he said stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's never not funny, is it? Why? Because it's always funny. Yeah. Okay. All right, is she going to bed? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Alright, lovely monkey. Alright. Um but yeah, Teen Titan oh, okay. Um Teen Titans go to the movies. It's uh it's 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 really, really fun and she had a blast with it. So yeah, good stuff. Uh, and the T V series is brilliant. I think I think Becky wanted us to start watching the T V series. Oh, well, oh you should. Yeah. yeah. I used to watch it with Isabel and she she quite liked it, but it was we, we watched it when she was a bit it, on Nickelodeon or something. It's Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network, yeah. Uh, well, we yeah. I we I used to watch it. Thank you. I used to watch it um, a long. T- I used to watch the the, the series before it, uh, uh, the Teen Titans series before it, um, for a long time, which I think again was uh, was Cartoon Network, and that was a little bit. Well, it was quite a bit more serious, uh, but it still had a lot of comedy to it. So, um, just. I'd forgotten about that. I, I, I used to watch that show and then I'd forgotten all about it. And then I thought, oh, I want to re- I want to watch some more Teen Titans stuff. Um, and then I discovered this show and this was a few years back now as well. Um, and I think my first reaction was a bit like, oh no, they've made it like really silly and stupid sort of thing. And then it very quickly dawned on me what they were going for and what the yeah. humor was. And I just really fell in love with it. Um, and then a couple, I think it was when Claire was pregnant. Was it when Claire was? Oh, no, no, it was, must have been just after Rosa was born. 
um, and I was sleeping in the spare room. And in the mornings when Charlie would wake up first thing in the morning, I'd tell him to come straight into my room, into the spare room where I was staying, so as not to wake Claire or the baby. Um, and then he'd come into my room, climb into bed, and I'd get the Kindle out, and we'd just prop the Kindle up on the side and just lie there and watch maybe three episodes of Teen Titans every morning. So we got into this rhythm of doing it every day, and it's just one of those things that I feel like will just stay with me forever, like that whole just that just doing that every day and having that show. And I think just this year, knowing that this film was coming out, we've started watching Teen Titans a lot recently, especially now that you know it's a week away. So we've just been absolutely caning episodes of it recently, and it's just for 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 for, for that reason and a bunch of other reasons. It's very, very high on my, uh, probably the second most anticipated film of the year for me, this, behind uh, Infinity War, just because I, I love the nuance of each of those characters as well. And you get that through the, sh- the series, that just the gentle, you know, the relationship between Beast Boy and Cyborg and the relationship between Starfire and Robin and how they all treat Robin and how frustrated he is about certain things. And when... Batman's introduced in brief moments, brief fleeting moments, um, how Robin reacts to that. And it's just, it's, it's so, so well done that series. Um, and, and just from the trailers I see it and I just go, I cannot wait to just do this for an hour and a half and have them make jokes that Charlie can get on board with, but actually I'll get something more out of as well. Even just, you know, Nicholas Cage voicing Superman, that is things like that just you know that's a reference or, or a thing that i can sort of enjoy that charlie won't even notice um so yeah. i'm hugely looking forward to this on saturday yeah i may go and take lottie to see it again on sunday like no, she's she, she's up for re-watching it and like it's mm. that's fucking fine that that's is great like we'll get it on Apple TV, and if she's just watching it on repeat, I'm like I'll sit there and watch it with her. Like it's just I don't know. And I got just like if anyone wants an insight into what I find funny when I'm really really hungover, just the waffles episode. Like again, I know I've already mentioned it, but fucking, I thought I like I thought I was gonna fucking pass out. I was laughing so hard at one moment of that. Like, it just, have you like, seen the um, have you seen the sandwich about. episode as well, Ian? The one where they've got to make the ultimate sandwich. No, I haven't. They all have to, they are, it's excellent. Yeah, the ultimate sandwich where they all have to go on a separate quest to find. Oh, yeah, it's, it's so good. <laughs> so good. That sounds, oh, that sounds amazing. It, yeah, it's great stuff. Um, okay, and uh, final, uh, uh, final thing for me, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, so I, want, I, I rewatched the Old Boy remake. Um, I like that film. Yeah. It, it so do I it's alright isn't it like it, it's it's stupid I mean Shalto Copley I mean what the fuck was he like what the fuck was he doing is that uh, a voice yeah I just it's it, very very odd but um I like I like Brolin um I like his commitment to being drunk and his commitment to being badass um in various points of the film um, I, you know, I, I, I actually, I, fair play, you know, the fact that they actually did the, you fucked your daughter bit 
Uh, spoiler alert, but fuck it. Well, I just said spoiler alert after the spoiler and everybody's seen Old Boy. Um, you know, I, 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 I like that they actually had the balls to keep that in there in the US remake. Um, yeah. You know, they, they could have gone somewhere different with that and they didn't. I mean, the, the, the film as a whole is not as kind of fucked as Old Boy is, but, it, you know, it's still got that tang of what the fuck to it. Um, and yeah, I think it looks really good as well. It was shot by um, Sean Bobbitt. I want to say shot Shame. And I think he did Mar- Martha Marcy May Marlene. And I, I, I like the look of the film. Um, and uh, overall, it just it it is a completely unnecessary remake. And it is still weird that Spike Lee did it. It kind of feels like he just needed a studio gig at that point in his career. Um, but I do not hate the old boy remake. I don't. I'm 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 not gonna like go to the I'm I'm not gonna fucking die for it or anything but uh, yeah I I think it's a perfectly okay US remake uh, and that's me cool um, right Bex what, what what have we been watching we uh, we watched Doctor Strange it's a rewatch for me but a first watch for you wasn't it Bex so I'll let you take that one yeah well I won't go into plot because everyone's seen Doctor Strange but I I don't know why I don't see it I want I want to part of that is an aversion to Benedict Cumberbatch um, and I'm kind of over that now so it, it's on Sky Movies um, and we've been in a bit of a Marvel place recently haven't we because we've rewatched Ragnarok and yeah, obviously we've been and seen on the Wasp and yeah and I wanted to give it a go because obviously he's in Infinity War as a, as a significant character so um yeah, I actually, I actually really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. Yeah, uh, on a rewatch, I, it's I enjoyed it. It's it's too long, and it's yeah. one of the shortest Marvel movies. <laughs> it is, it is long, and it's not it's not as funny as a lot of them are. No, weirdly, yeah, it, it's an it's an odd one. It, it, I think it's it's a good introduction to the character, and I think the character will do a lot more. But it is a little bit. It did feel I enjoyed it, but I never need to see it again. No, no, like that. Yeah, that's it. It's filled a gap in yeah. my in my watching that I wanted to fill. But again, it's it's not really one that's advancing the story, is it? You need to know who he is and why, how he's there and blah, blah, blah. But once you know it, you don't really need to re-see it. Yeah. Although the bit from the trailer with the, the, the cape where it comes and lands on him and goes around his neck that looks really cool is really cool in the movie as well. So I'm yeah. quite, quite pleased with that. But yeah, enjoyed it. Um, didn't hate Benedict Cumberbatch's face. No. Win. Is no. <laughs> a win. Uh, what else have we watched? Um, so the other one, you can, you can do the last two because they're a bit sort of, they're, they're a bit more your wheelhouse. We watched Ingrid Goes West. Um, oh, how's that? I nearly ran. I nearly watched it the other night. Um, so yeah, it's it's all right actually. It kind of builds itself as single white female for the modern age. Um, mm. Basically, you've got um, Ingrid Thorburn, who's played by Aubrey Plaza. Um, starts out where she's essentially crashing a wedding that she's clearly not invited to, and she's very upset about why she's not invited there. Um, as you go through the movie you kind of see why she was not invited there and it would appear that she's a bit kind of damaged from losing her mother who she was really close to and she picks um instagram influencers to 
try and befriend um, by putting herself into places that she sees from their Instagram that they're at or that they go regularly, buying things they buy, wearing clothes they recommend and basically just becoming a copy of the persona that she sees on Instagram and then installing herself in their life. Um, in the case of the character that she does it to, played by Elizabeth Olsen, she kidnaps her dog <laughs> and responds to a lost dog sign and then from there she's in. Um, and it just, she she loses control over it after a while. Um, any slight rejection, she takes it very seriously and then it escalates from there until it's in a in a bad, bad place. Um, and yeah, but it's, it's an interesting one. It's it's a weird film. Yeah, it, it, it's an odd film. Not like in the sense of it tries to be weird, tries to do anything weird. It's quite a it's quite a linear film. But it, it's it's another it's, one of those films uh, where I, I just I, I its message it's a little bit like. Well, it seems to have a couple of messages that it's trying to to get across, and they get a little bit muddied. One obviously is the the dangers of posting all the elements of your life online and the other is uh, about sort of self-acceptance kind of thing she can't she can't accept who she is so she tries to become these people with the perfect lives that she sees on Instagram um and obviously there's there's also that whole thing of don't believe everything you see on Instagram because not everything's as perfect as it seems and it just it it muddies the waters too much with the with the multiple points it's trying to get across yeah but for all that, it's not a bad movie. No, it, it's it's enjoyable. It, it's the thing is, I have a little bit of a. Orbi Plaza can be sometimes a little bit too much for me. Yeah, she, yeah, I'm the same. She 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 can be quite good, but also she can be a little bit too much. Like, right, you you think you're too hot shit for this, and it's starting to get a little bit irritating. And she's one of those comedians uh, who she thinks she's infinitely funnier than she actually is. Yeah. You don't think this because it's a it's not a comedy. And no. B, she doesn't her character doesn't think she's hot shit. So, yeah, so it, it, it does avoid avoid the, the those bits on it. Yeah, and and she's quite she's actually quite quite good at it. She plays the unhinged quite quite well. Um, she doesn't go over the top of it. I think no, she's quite a restrained performance. There's no OTT in it. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen plays her character personally she's always good in stuff mm. um Wyatt Russell's very good in it as the the kind of the douchebag who is so beyond all of this social media stuff but actually isn't he's just a prick is that the husband yeah uh, he's just as much of a prick as the rest of them he's just yeah he's trying to pretend he's not um yeah he's too cool for it sorry bro yeah it is uh, his artwork is shine it's terrible he's an artist in it but his artwork is terrible and it's the way that they've done it and the, the, what they've done with it to make it look like look this this could be the shot of shit that people would buy i thought was perfect and the fact that when she's when she's looking at it she's like oh so do, do you do you paint what it's what the slogans are on as well and he's like no no i just put the slogans on. I, I buy them from yard yeah, sales yeah, like <laughs> she just goes Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but she's trying to get in with them at the time, so she, she yeah. then buys one. Um, it's a, I'd say it's, 
I'd, I'd say it's, about, it's, it's a very mild recommend in the sense that if you're interested, like you said, Noah, if you were a little bit curious about it, definitely give it a watch. Yeah, it's worth a watch. Mm. Yeah. Well, see, it's, that's the thing. It's I'm interested in the subject matter. Um, it strikes me as the type of film that Claire will really want to watch as well. And I know it's on, it's on Now TV at the moment, I think. We watched on Sky, so... Yeah, so that would make sense. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not crazy about... I don't hate Audrey Plaza, but she can't... I know what you mean. She can rub you up the wrong way a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely definitely give it a pop. Yeah, uh, one thing I would say on that note is she's she's not very Audrey Plaza-y. No, she's it. not. And um, O'Shea Jr. is actually really he's quite... Really he's really good in that, actually. Yeah, he is. He's really funny. Really funny, actually. <laughs> His yeah, um, weird character quirk is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll like his weird character quirk is what I'll say on that. Nice. <laughs> uh, should we do... We'll, we'll get to that one. We'll like, get to that one, right? I think Ian might have things to say. Ian might have things to say on that one. Um, <laughs> we watched uh, China Moon. A... Oh, I saw... I'm sorry. I, I saw... This is one of those situations where you posted something... And I was like, why did I not know this existed? I want yeah. this in my life. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 about 10 minutes into it, I, I did think, oh, how have I never seen this? How yeah. have I never seen this movie? This is, this is such a me-to-watch movie. Um, so, Ian, have you ever seen China Moon or heard of China Moon? Um, no, but considering you two are kind of being a bit, oh, this is my kind of thing, I think I know how this is going to go. <laughs> yeah, so it's a 1994 movie uh, that's a neo-noir starring Ed Harris, Madeline Stowe, Charles Dance, and Benicia del Toro. Of course, it is. Uh, just Ed to Harris. give, just to give Ian, just to give Ian more of a flavour of the film, though. I've just remembered what it was that caught me about it. Is I saw the title, sorry, I saw the cover, and it was the tagline. He thought it was passion. It was deceit. He thought it was love. It was murder. Yeah. I mean that's just everything, isn't it? That's all. That's that's all you need. It, it's one literally. That is that is a tagline where you go sold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Ed Harris plays Kyle Bodine, uh, who is um, a hotshot cop in um, the town, the town that he lives in, um, and it's kind of like it, it actually. There's actually a say a saying that says, "What is it? Um, murder somebody in whatever the town's called. I can't remember now." in wherever, uh, and Kyle Bodine's going to get you. And literally, one of the characters says that in the movie, and I think it's the coroner? Yes, it is. It's the coroner um, that says that. Um, it, it was, it's actually the coroner's played by uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince in a very kind of early role for him. Um, he's got hair, and he's not that far. Um, but he he's in a bar... And he notices Madeline Stowe's character. As you would. Uh, there, as, yeah, of course, you, you would. Um, and then starts chatting to her and tries chatting her up and then uh, ends up having an, an affair with her. Uh, she's married to Charles Dance, who is doing a terrible Southern accent. Yeah. Um, but he's he's an abusive philanderer. Philanderer. Well, good use of philanderer, yes, right. very good. Right. Uh, his partner's Benicia del Toro. And, Not Charles Dance's partner. No, um, and Harris's partner, yeah. A very young Benicia del Toro. Oh, baby Benicia Because um, I mean, this film was released in 1994, but it was actually shot in, like, 1991. Um, yeah. And so it, 
in the end, what ends up happening is Charles Dance, and this is a mild spoiler, but it is in the fucking trailer, and it is basically in the tagline, but it happens about halfway through the movie. Yeah. Um, Charles Dance's character is shot by Madeline Stowe's character, and Ed Harris, instead of reporting it to the police, which is obviously him, helps her cover it up. But things aren't exactly what they seem. Um, I had a lot of fun with this. It's yeah. a really fun movie. Wait, one thing, like just outside of the movie itself, it was quite a nice novelty seeing Ed Harris not be a baddie. Yeah. That was quite nice. It is, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, it is. It's really good. And it's twisty-turny enough to be um, interesting and thrillery, but it's not. it's not trying to kind of trick you or lead you anywhere that you know it's not it's not in a kind of snidey way that some some films can be no it, it, it doesn't it doesn't think it's smarter than anybody yeah. it, it's telling a story and things start to come out and you're finding them out at the same time as ed harris is finding them yeah. out and he's kind of going oh oh and then everything starts to come together and you go oh shit yeah. at the same time as he kind of goes oh shit it's quite good because the way that the information is presented, you you you're doubting certain things along with him. Yeah. So yeah, it's quite it's really well done actually. And does Ed Harris actually say, "Oh shit!" at any point in the film? I think he kind of does a little bit. I don't. I don't think he says those exact words. But he says something very similar. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> it's but yeah, it, it, it's it, if you like things like Last Seduction uh, and films like that. Uh, and uh, what's the one, the hotspot with Don Johnson and <laughs> Virginia Madsen? If you're Mark, you'll love China Moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It is in that vein of those kind of like late 80s, early 90s Neil and Noir movies, like, and I'll throw another one in there, Romeo is Bleeding. Uh, Jay, like just movies right. like that. Yeah, yeah. Are like me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you like a crazy bitch and a cop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It is. That is what it is. But it's. I had. I had a great time with it, as as you could probably guess. Um, <laughs> another one we watched before we get to the the, the, the final one we watched. Um, Miracle Mile. Have either of you seen this? Yeah, Miracle Mile. Yes, Mile this is the end good. of the world one. Yeah. Yes. First watch for me, um, and it was one of those, like, like Noel just said, where I saw somebody put a poster up for it on uh, on, net, on, on uh, Facebook, and I looked at it and thought, right, and they mentioned on it, said that they watched this on Netflix the other night and that. I looked at it and thought, how have I never seen that? Why have I never seen that? It looks fantastic. And so we watched it literally like that day, I think. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's it's brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. It is very good. It isn't what I was expecting at all from the trailer because the trailer makes it look a bit silly, and I was kind of expecting something like. Um, Reformer. No, something like that. What's that film where he can see? He gets the glasses and he can. They see. live. Yeah, I was expecting something like that, like a bit kind of spoofy, and it, it just isn't at all. It's. Very bleak. It is. But do you know what it, it reminded me? Which film it reminded me oh, of? Go on. Uh, Running Scared. Not the Billy Crystal one. <laughs> the, Paul Walker, the Paul Walker one. Right. I don't remember that film. 
it's fantastic. But in the sense of, it's just, it, it's a guy gets thrown into something barely innocuous and then things just start happening that just get weirder and fucking weirder and it, everything just piles on top of it and then boom. <laughs> it's really it's really good because it, obviously it keeps you guessing all the way through the film as to whether it's a hoax or not. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's it's kind of that mob mentality when people get stuff into their heads and then there's a certain point in the movie where it becomes clear that, oh, shit. Um, but even before that point where... You know, things are confirmed. They're like, people are looting and rioting and being generally unpleasant to each other, even prior to getting any kind of concrete information. And it's... it's. Yeah, it's one of those where it's a... The rumour escalates. Yeah, the, the, the film is, is shining a light on the ridiculousness of, of, of human nature and how, yeah. how destructive we can become just with a small amount of information. You know, this is fucking what... 30 years nearly before social media yeah, <laughs> so it's a little bit now. mental yeah um but yeah i i had a, a thoroughly great time with it it's uh it, it will fall into quite a sort of heavy rotation with me yeah um but yeah it, it's 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 a it's a brilliant time and like i say I, I was quite i was quite taken with it yeah you were you were you were quite keen weren't you it is very good it is very good it's just i didn't expect it to be as bleak as that. I would like to rewatch it knowing that it's not like. I, 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 I love the bleakness of it. Yeah, well, that says a lot about your soul. But I, 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 I like the But also, I thought that the, the whole Anthony Edwards, you know, the opening bit in the. Um, where is it? Is it the tar pits? Mm. Where he's kind of like courting um, Mayor Wingham uh, without actually kind of actually saying anything to her and just showing up and just being really fucking charming. <laughs> with those kids and stuff it's just a really it, it's got a sweetness to it that comes from there and then it just builds into this oh in the museum bit. Yeah. yeah yeah builds into this madness uh towards the end yeah really later um finally we watched a wrinkle in time which you watched last week didn't you ian and we said we watched this week so that you could talk about it yeah so uh, i don't think noel's heard my opinions on a wrinkle in time yet so uh I, yeah this will be interesting. Yeah, no, you mentioned. You, you've, I think you've mentioned it on the show, haven't you? Oh, you no? said you didn't. You hadn't listened to the last week's show yet. Oh, maybe, maybe I've listened to a bit of it. I'm not sure. No, oh, but okay. yes, I'm always. So, I'm very fucking intrigued to see what these two thought of it. What did you think first, Bex? I mean, don't get me wrong. It's got it's got its flaws. And it's got many flaws. It's not a particularly pretty film. It's not a great acted film and the kids are obnoxious as fuck but I, I, I didn't hate it and I really expected to because pretentious kids and Oprah Winfrey are really not my kind of not my bag but it really reminded me of films that when, when Isabel was younger that I used to watch with her stuff like um, Spiderwick Chronicles type films and um, Labyrinth and, and things like that just you know, if you watch those now as an adult having never seen them, you'd probably be like, well, this is shit. This isn't great. But uh, yeah. it's just that kind of magical otherworldliness of it. I, 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 it had its charming points. And it was nice to see in real life rather than in gift form the, the Chris Pine Team America look. That was good. 
that was good as well. I yeah, I I I I fully expected to hate it and didn't. So it was quite a nice surprise for me. Yeah, I I I have a weird kind of thing with A Wrinkle in Time in the sense that it's shit. Yeah. It, it, it's a shit film, um, and it's it, it's not very well acted. The characters are irritating as fuck. It's ugly as fuck. Mm. It's terribly directed. Mm. Um, I don't get why Oprah's fucking in it. And I mentioned this to you after we watched it. If you want to talk about diversity and things like that, don't hire a billionaire fucking... What is it? To front your fucking movie. Yeah, but she wasn't um, always a billionaire. But she's a billionaire talk show host. I'm sure there's, a, there's, there's an actress that they could have hired rather than going... Look, my name's Emma Devaney. I want to dress up Oprah's weird shit. <laughs> she's my Oprah Barbie. Yeah, she's literally... Yeah, it is. It's an Oprah fucking Barbie. Um, the and then around. fucking Reese Witherspoon turns into a cabbage at one point. Yeah, that's a weird mm-hmm. thing. And then flies around for no reason. For fucking no reason. They fly around and then, and then nearly kill that kid who keeps losing items of fucking clothing. Yeah. And then they go, oh, did you see anything? No. <laughs> so you span round, showed the kid your titties, yeah. turned into a cabbage that can fly for some reason for no fucking didn't didn't move the plot forward at all apart from he lost his jacket. He's not over egging the pudding either. Like that's that's really exactly what yeah. happens. It, it literally is, and then she serves back into Reese with a spoon. I agree with you on all those points. However, I still kind of enjoyed it. Well, that's the thing. I like the fact that Reese Witherspoon doesn't like the main character in the film. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> the fact that she just treats treat her like shit and says, I don't like this girl. Yeah. Don't like her. Yeah, that was good. I liked that. Um, I, I like the fact that Chris Pine essentially is a, is, is a prick. He's not a good dad. No, because, right, right, the whole thing that, that they try to use against him, against her, sorry, is the, like getting her to be sad because he left them all and stuff. And then he fucking leaves her again. Yeah, he does. <laughs> like, literally, he just fucks right off. He goes off. off with that new kid. <laughs> he goes, you're better. I like you. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's a bit whiny, isn't he? And to be honest, I left because that other kid we got was just fucking wrong. Last time I saw that kid, it was a baby, so I had no investment <laughs> here. Yeah, at all. It turned what, up what? an hour. Oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I just wanted them to say, I just wanted them to say, why do you all keep on calling him Charles Wallace? Isn't it? Just call him Charles. I think, I think it's because his name is Charles Wallace. But I do get your point, in It was very irritating. And that kid is the most obnoxious fucking stage school kid in the world. That oh, kid yeah, can be- fucking... That kid can... I was about to say that kid can die. Five years ago, I might have said that. I probably wouldn't go quite that far now. But that kid is the worst. He is, yeah. he is a little cunt. The bit where he's supposed to be like, I don't know what, possessed by the it. Yeah. When he's all acting all like cocky and shit. That is the, that is amongst the worst things that I've seen on screen. <laughs> Literally, because because I get the feeling he was so good at it that if you were on set, you'd have fucking punched him. Yeah. He, he, he just, he acted it really badly. It was like when someone tries to do drunk acting. I, I wanted to punch him. Well, yeah. But I think... I don't think that's what they were going for. I don't think they were. I really mm. wanted to fucking punch him. Yeah, he, he was annoying. Yeah. The other kid was all right. What? I want to say Caleb, but I know that's Tyler? Kyle? Yeah. What was he called? Benji. 
No, that's definitely Calvin. Not. Calvin, that's it. Yeah, Calvin. He was, uh, yeah, he was. He was all right. I liked him. He was. Oh, Ian. Right. There's a bit mm-hmm. where one of them refers to Meg by her full name. Yes. Did you know yes, that? Yes, you rewind this. Is she called Meglin? Meg. No, she is called Meglin. We rewound it. We rewound it. She's called Meglin. I'm going to defer to you on that. I don't remember that, but Meglin. It's called wow. Meg. Meglin. Yeah, we 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 did. Hey Siri, go about thirty seconds, and it was it was Meglin. Yeah. And then every time she got referred to by her name through the rest of it, it was like Meglin. Meglin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's that fucking um, film. Zach Galifianakis literally playing the same character as in The Hangover. <laughs> oh no, he was slightly more coherent. I'm not sure. He did seem... I liked him in it. I thought he was funny. He was fine, but he did see... So many people felt like they were out of other movies. Right. So, hang on a minute. The Mrs. Who thing, the Mandy Kaling thing, that... Mindy. Mindy. Mindy? Yeah, Mindy. Uh, That fucking baffled me. So, when she's got low power because she's near the it thing, she can talk normally, but when she's not, she has to talk in quotes. And she used Shakespeare twice. It is Shakespeare. That's fine, but there are a lot of other writers they could have used. Yeah. They didn't need to but use Shakespeare twice. They could have done another Lin Manuel Miranda one. Yeah, and they did an Outcast one. <laughs> they did. It was. It, 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 it's, it's an it, absurd it, film. It's, it, it's a geostorm for me, though. It needed somebody. I, I imagine there was there was one producer amongst all of the others when they when they screened it to everybody and everyone went, "This is brilliant. This is brilliant." There was one who got up and went, "I'm gonna get a hot dog." And as he walked out, he just went, "That was shit," and then never went back. <laughs> never went back because he damn faced them all to see what they said. It it is, it's. It's the film fucking equivalent of Drake. Eventually, somebody's going to go, it's a bit shit, that, wasn't it? I think I'm off. No, but somebody who, who, is, who right now is involved in it and he's saying, it, and it's not even, it is the antithesis when people say, oh, at least it was ambitious. Fuck off. <laughs> no, it won't. It was just shit. I, I liked... I liked some. I, I liked the concepts it was going for, and I liked that it was trying to be a bit smarter than the average bear. But it's I, I, also I, I, a I, fucking I, awful film. It is an awful film. It is. But in saying that, I, I did enjoy parts of it. I I have to say I think a, a lot of my acceptance of this film as uh, and and saying you know i actually quite enjoyed it is because it it really does make me think of films that i watched with isabel when she was younger and will have watched repeatedly with isabel when she was younger i think i enjoyed watching it more than i enjoyed the film if that makes sense i enjoyed the experience of me and you watching it and being honest kind of taking the piss a little bit oh we do enjoy doing that sort of stuff don't we yeah um and so that was more fun than probably the movie that was actually playing in front of us yeah Maybe we should sit in separate rooms and watch it again and see what we think. I, I think I, I, I can't watch it again. <laughs> I, I can't. No. I think it sounds more fun the way you said that, Then I think I'd just do it that way. Just watch it and take the best. That sounds way more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it was. It, it is. It's, Sometimes uh, you just need that. 
Yeah. It, yeah, know. Ian, if you do ever revisit it, just listen out for it. She's called Meglin. Meglin. No, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to watch it again. <laughs> nope. Meglin. Actually, our enjoyment of the film significantly went up once we realised she was called Meglin. Yes, it did actually. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> Fucking Meglin. Um, right. So, we, we've got no more we've got questions. Have we got any questions? I think we do. I'm pretty sure we do. I think we've got at least one. Rick There's JT. two. That I'm oh, yes. Love it. Uh, I think we got one earlier in the week as well. Uh, I've got them. Yeah. Uh, I've got two here. But... Uh, you're exchanging so from Thomas DJ at Nocturne Tom DJ you're exchanging DVDs with a parallel universe version of yourself what thing that doesn't exist here but exists there would you ask for he gives for instance give me season four of Veronica Mars and Hannibal and a third vivid film Um, I'll take Edgar Rice and and Oh yeah. Oh no 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 no! I take Tim Burton Superman uh, lives. All oh, right, nice. Can, can I take a DVD collection? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, or, sure. or serious answer, James Cameron Spider Man. Oh God, yeah. Good one, that one. Yeah. Mine's not film related. What is it? It would be the Silent Hill game with Norman Reedus that they were going to make and now are. Mm. Oh, do you know what? I went back on on because I thought I still had the PT demo in my library on PlayStation to replay going through those crazy rooms again, and it's not there. It's yeah, you can't really download it anymore, can you? No, They've literally just wiped the files. Why not just let that exist as its own little thing? That's so cruel. Konami a Konami. Yeah. It's not fair. They Do you know what? In that game. Sorry. Go on. I was just going to say one thing that this this question just reminded me of is because um, the last show that I was listening to where you had Brad on and he mentioned the, the scene from... Um, I always want to call it 10 Things I Hate About You. That's not what it's called. Um... The uh, God, what's that movie called? Uh, with James Van Der Beek in it, where he's Patrick Bateman's attraction. brother. Rules of attraction. Rules of attraction. Yeah. Where he mentioned that scene with, and and that felt like so. I immediately went to the internet. I stopped listening, and I immediately went to the internet and found that. That felt very much like that, like because that film, you always sort of knew that. He was he was a Bateman, but it was never sort of really dealt with or mentioned. So to just see him phone his brother up and then just get a different Patrick Bateman, and it's yeah. um, oh, what's he called? I've forgotten his name. Casper um, Van Dien. It was just like that. Felt like something had just arrived from another world. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely brilliant. What would mine be? Mine would be uh, the sequel to Gladiator that Nick Cave wrote, where That's a good uh, show. Maximus oh, was wow. trapped in hell and had to fight his way out of hell. Jesus. Did you not? Yeah, Nick Cave. Wrote, I don't think I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah, Nick, Nick Cave Jeez. wrote a, a sequel to Gladiator where Maximus is trapped in hell 
and has to yeah. fight his way out of hell to uh, to get to heaven to be with his daughter and his kid. Wow. Christ, I'm changing my answer. That's 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 a, yeah. And apparently, um, Russell Crowe read it and was like, seriously wanted to make it, but with uh, yeah. Scott was, I, I don't do sequels. Oh, brilliant! Give me another reason to hate Ridley Scott more. Why don't you? Yeah. I, I, I literally oh, he's fucking. He's all about the sequels now, though, isn't he? The prick. Uh, I literally think Ridley Scott didn't want to make that just because just because somebody else was excited about it, and he's a sneaky. Uh, <laughs> I bet he'd do it now, wouldn't he? Yeah. I, I, I bet he looked at it and went, "Nah, that's more Tony than me." Mm. And Tony went, "Could he be a cop? And can I cast Denzel Washington?" So what, out of interest, what year do we think, theoretically, that film might have come out? Let's see what Ridley Scott did instead, shall we? Oh, God, it would have been like... 2003, was it? Fucking when was Hannibal? I think that was 2001. Because Hannibal was, like, directly after Gladiator. So what what was after that? Then Black Hawk Down? So Gladiator, Hannibal... Black Hawk Down. Uh, Black Hawk, that was only 2001, though, so you probably would have been looking at either Matchstick Men or Kingdom of Heaven. I think it might have been Kingdom of Heaven he was making instead. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, Kingdom of Heaven. Fucking hell, yeah, wow. Director's Um, Cut's not that bad. Director's Cut's pretty good. I've I've never seen it. Uh, What else have we got? Other question have we got? We have got another one somewhere. Rick J. There Kidd. we go. At Rick J. Kidd. Um, Jason Statham has taken on Vin Diesel and The Rock in recent years. He's about to take on a giant prehistoric shark in The Meg. What slash who should he take on next? All right. God. And it should be <laughs> called God Botherer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> Jason no, Statham no. is the God botherer. The God botherer. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Crank Three is the correct answer. Anytime anyone asks what Jason Statham should do next, but he could also join the Friday the Thirteenth franchise for Jason versus Jason. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> I'd watch that. I would. I'd, yeah, I'd watch that. Watch your specs. What do you reckon? Oh, I wouldn't mind seeing a crossover kind of movie where he takes on John Wick. That's quite good. Oh. Jason Statham versus John Wick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't call that. <laughs> I couldn't call that fight. Do you know what? I, I could see that happening, though. Yeah. I could see him getting cast in the John Wick universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what mine will be? Go on. It, but, right, if he was in the John Wick universe, initially... Why are you attacking me? Well, no, because they're both goodies, absolutely. <laughs> So initially they'd be like against each other and then they'd realise they were both really fighting for the same cause and then they'd fight together. That, yeah. That's my thinking on it. Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to root for either one. Jason Statham's cat got killed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they were both they were both in the throes of battle and Jason Statham was about to stab John Wick in the head and they both realised that their their pets shared the same name. Oh. And then they, they buddied up. Oh, both yeah. their pets were called Martha and, and everything was fine after that. Oh, absolutely. That needs to happen. Mine would be just Jason Statham's character from Spy for two hours trying to get to sea from that lake. (laughs) (laughs) 
and have been determined that he will get to see from that lake. I'd like to see Jason Statham's character from Spy finally get like one of those masks from Mission Impossible, though. Yeah, <laughs> no, from um, Face Off, the Face Off machine. Uh, yeah, but he, yeah, but he really means Mission Impossible, doesn't he? Because it's spy related. Yeah. So yeah, that that would be my answer on that one. Um, yeah, I think I think that's I think we're pretty much coming to the end of the show now, aren't we? On that. Oh, there's one more question. Is there? Sorry, oh, I'm obviously missed that. We have had Ant-Man fight Yellow Jacket and the Wasp. Presumably this means the next film is an MCU Transformerverse crossover with Ant-Man versus Bumblebee. Which cast member, I mean, you've got to get to the question here, which cast member of Ant-Man would you like to see a robot piss oil all over? <laughs> My answer is Yeah. My answer is 1970s Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Why? <laughs> For sexual reasons. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not lie. I'm remote high fiving you right now. <laughs> Very strong. Bobby Cannavale, because he'd probably just hug it. <laughs> he'd like he'd it. Like, just, just hug the the transformer that's pissing on him. Yeah. You get the feeling with Bobby Cannavale, it wouldn't be the first time that had happened to him. <laughs> no, he'd just be throwing fucking fifties. I want to say the cop guy, but only only because in my head the image of him getting pissed on by the robot, he's like got his arms out to either side and his head up, and he's spinning around with a big grin on his face. <laughs> Randall Park. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> what's, what's yours, Ian? Bobby Cannavale. Oh, you said Bobby. <laughs> Fucking hell. I'm having a fucking horror show today. Uh, have I got to do one now? I do, don't I? Yeah. yeah. Um, All good yeah, well, It's got to be Michael Douglas in Disclosure. <laughs> you know when he's going through that weird uh, virtual reality fucking vault thing they've got yeah. in Disclosure, where for some reason it, it completely forgets the premise. Like, literally, Disclosure is like they took two movies and, and, and smushed them together. I'd hope that no one would notice. So when he's in that weird kind of vault thing, he just walks, opens a door, and a fucking Transformers there just fucking just pissing all over him. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then he comes out and tries to sue him for sexual harassment as well. <laughs> so, you've got, so you've got you've got Demi fucking Moore there that he sued for sexual harassment, just fucking sat next to a fucking Transformer, and he's going, she fucking felt me up, and he pissed on me. <laughs> And then the fucking deleted, the, the fucking post credits is just fucking doing more, just laying there while the fucking Transformer pisses all over her. Fair enough. You're bringing That's in your character. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing a fucking whole franchise. Nice. Okay. Yeah, it is. Um, right, I think, I, I actually think that that might be the actual end of the show now, I think. Yeah. Any more business, anybody? No, good. Cool. Oh, I'm um, going to go and have a magnum. <laughs> I'm not going to wear a comet, actually. No, I've got no comet as left. What the? But I had one. Isabel oh, I had six. One. I had two. Isabel, I had the rest. You had fucking three, you liar. I didn't have two. You had, no, you had three. You lying. Isabel, I them. Fucking one. One comet or a pack of sticks, guys. Bullshit. Well, it wasn't lactose yeah. free. I know that feel. <laughs> yeah, I'm not supposed to eat any non-lactose ones, am I? I'm supposed to eat only the, the vegan ones. The vegan ones. Yeah. yeah. You should probably tell me, not it? It's looking at polytonic, yes. Um, so, yeah, uh, at Dude the Monkey, at Dude Foz, at Ian Loring, at the Normella, 
at BexyFars. Hit us up on Instagram. Ian's back on the gaming track, so we're back on the YouTube. Uh, I'm going to be starting a Mafia 3 um, stream. I'm that. looking forward to that. Uh, that should be that should be quite amusing because is, I, there, is there driving in it? There is driving in it. Oh yes, I would think. And I talk a lot while I'm playing games, don't I? Those kind of games, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I talk a lot. So I, I'm literally probably not even going to be talking to the listener, just talking to myself, uh, which well, could be quite talk, amusing. You talk to the street vendors. I do stuff. talk to street vendors a yeah. lot, yeah. And people running shops. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I was it Sleeping Dogs where I accidentally shot that woman in the face and felt really guilty about it for about an hour. You shot, you, you shot a pork bun vendor. No, I didn't shoot the part bun vendor. I shot, you I, shot one at first. Did I? Yeah. Oh. It was the one that did I thought guilty about. Did you keep the pork buns? You are. Tell me you kept uh, the pork buns. Yes, I, I, I did. Without sleeping dogs, literally, whenever you walk by one of the pork bun vendors, they shout, "Why do you not have a Why you not have a pork bun in your hand?" Yeah, is the actual direct quote. Uh, Very valid question. Yeah, and, and, and every time I run by, it's like. Why don't I? Why do I not? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean with this stupid gun? Give me the pork bun. Yeah. So so now, obviously, whenever we make pork buns at home, uh, we shout at each other <laughs> and hope that the window isn't open so we don't sound like horrendous racists. Yeah, we do the same with pancakes, though, don't we? With Motu Panakeku. Motu Panakeku does get oh, shouted. Yeah, same here. Uh... <laughs> yeah. We just get shouted to a load of blank faces who don't know what I'm referring to in this house, though. So. <laughs> Uh, and yes, uh, follow us on Instagram because uh, we like it. Um, yes, so thank you much for listening. And we be speaking. What are we could do next week? The Meg. The Meg. I should already know that. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I think the level of everyone's excitement for the Meg is is, is just a wonderful thing. Yeah, it's it's set to do really well, isn't it? I, I really hope it does because just because it deserves to based on how fun that trailer looks. Why oh, it's a bit like a giant shark. Yeah, uh, no, you. Go- I'm guessing you're going to see the Meg. I'm going to see the Meg. Yeah, I don't know when, but I, I fully intend to. Yes, absolutely. I, I hope you can join us for that as well. I absolutely will try. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Uh, yes. So we shall speak to you uh, next week, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.